girl, you are such a writer, a fucking goddess warrior writer. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just read? Girl, no, because you're like, you're so flexible. You're just like, okay, it's fine. No, cool. We'll just reschedule. Thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> no problem. No problem. I know how it is. Trust me. I mean, I'm the one who fell asleep last night. So, <laughs> girl, I don't know what I was doing. I don't even think I was home yet. We were supposed to get on the phone at like 10. I wasn't even ready. <laughs> I'm just happy because I know that everything happens when it's supposed to. So, we are about to move into Thursday, which is four days behind my normal schedule. But I'm just grateful that you were able to come on with me because people loved hearing your story. They loved it. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear more. I'm going to reintroduce you. Um, we're just going to jump right in because even <laughs> we didn't really talk before. <laughs> so hopefully whatever, you know, whatever comes through is perfect. I'm sure it will be. And this is just going to be off the cuff. It'll be yeah. great. Uh, yeah, it'll just be a conversation between us gals. Um, so I want to reintroduce Sage Scotty's daughter. Trying really hard to uh, roll my R's <laughs> when I'm speaking my friends' names because we all have some really wonderful uh, eclectic names. So I am pulling up our bio from a couple of sessions ago so episode six i spoke with sage for the first time she is the woman who is spearheading our wholeness challenge right now some of you are doing so amazingly like and everyone i'm sure is doing wonderfully like some of the things i'm doing are pretty private but those of you who are messaging me every day i'm so proud of you keep up the great work so sage is a focused heathen magic practitioner who enjoys farming history handcrafts and photography and she's excellent at photography you guys should definitely go follow her on instagram and check out her pictures she is also helping to lead the january wholeness challenge addressing topics relating both to physical and mental health and magical practice. Sage started practicing at the age of 12 and stayed in the broom closet for six years, except that one time when her sister heard her doing a ritual in their bedroom closet at midnight, which we talked about in episode six, and uh, her sister was was certain that Sage was performing a black mass. (laughs) The witch hunting fever of Salem came flooding into her mind as her sister and mother addressed her the next morning. I don't really think we talked, we went in deeply about what the mom said I would love to hear about that this time um and it was from that point on that she became dedicated to helping find a way to help everyone understand the role of magic in daily life beautiful welcome back Sage (laughs) thank you I'm back I'm excited too I'm really excited I'm excited about your your recent life changes I'm excited about my recent life changes (laughs) Oh, all of these curveballs at the universe. Always flowing and growing, right? Right. Got to. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm excited about a lot of things right now. Good. Good. (laughs) Count them on both my hands how many things I'm excited about right now. I love that. I love it. Life is life is amazing. 
it's I'm I've been shocked by some of the recent changes. Like I don't know what the planet Uranus is doing right now, but I feel like it must be doing something because these changes have been very significant for me. Um, I and I wanted to talk tonight about um, what did I say? Confidence in your craft mm-hmm. because I am. Mm, I don't know. Some of these changes are just like shocking and I'm having to rely on my practice and my, like what I know, you know, as far as magical practices to really care for and sustain myself right now, like emotionally, (laughs) not hugely a big deal. Um, but I just, I want to dive into this issue first though. I would love to hear about what exactly your mom was saying, because I think we emphasized more what your little sister was saying. Yeah, I I think we did. We just talked about the, the night that it happened really. Um, I'll be honest. It has been enough years. I'm not going to say how many, but it has been enough years now that I can't (laughs) exactly remember, but I know that the dialogue involves something um, to the effect of the fact that my mom, she did believe in a lot of like Christianity, even though she was Catholic, kind of. So I know that the the religious aspect and like, what are you doing? This is definitely not allowed was like brought into it. Um, Mm -hmm. I do not remember what said, but the result, the result was so brutal. So... (laughs) I ended up getting like all of my CDs, all of my clothes, like all of my book, just everything that I owned was thrown away. Every bit of it. Whoa. Yeah. So that was like a lot for me. And especially the CDs, because I only had like four, you know, that friends had given me because I didn't like buy CDs and stuff. So to me, that was like my whole world because I listened to those albums constantly. One of them was like, (laughs) Uh, one of them was a really old three six mafia album another one was <laughs> <laughs> and then i had lorena mckenna okay so we go from rap to celtic music <laughs> i had evanescence like <laughs> <laughs> and it was gone along with my whole world <laughs> <laughs> yeah so wow. as you can see that is not the way to get the witch out of somebody because look where okay. i'm at <laughs> I've gone through those breaking, like I was raised Pentecostal Christian. And then when we moved South, we were suddenly Baptist. (laughs) So I don't know, (laughs) but we, you know, in youth church, there were like these CD destroying ceremonies, like, (laughs) like bring all your CDs and we're going to destroy them because this music is ruining your mind, you know? And that was when I was like, freaking 14 or something I didn't even know who Bob Marley was until I was like a sophomore or a junior in high school I never really listened to him until I was in college so for me I didn't know shit about music until I was like an older teenager because I was raised in a Pentecostal cult right (sighs) CDs that's crazy did you dive into that pile and rescue a Bob Marley one before it was destroyed nope Uh, (laughs) and I I remember looking at it and my thought was wow that's so much money that they're just like they're just flushing down the toilet like (laughs) are you getting the money girl the money (laughs) right that's where my mind went at like 14 who is paid like who paid for these cds that just sucks 
but that you know that was back in the the LimeWire days. So it was like, okay, you can destroy this if you want, but I'm just going to go download it to my computer along mm-hmm. with some viruses, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that. we we used to hack our streaming services, kids. Anyways. So yeah, your mom threw away all your shit. Wow. What how, what's her what's her attitude towards your spirituality now, if you don't mind my asking? I'll we go next. Actually, good. Yes. I want to hear about what your mom thinks. Um we had a very recent um encounter over this, I'll call it. So my mom and I like we get along okay, but we're not like your super lovey-dovey, I'm going to call you, I want to spend time with you kind of relationship where I guess I'd call it more of like a business relationship. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, and because I have my new nephew, um, well, he's not really new anymore. He's like seven months old, but my sister's child, they live with my mom and something had just come up where my mom had told my sister to make sure that I knew that she did not want any of my beliefs told to or influenced upon my nephew. So, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> like, whoa, hold on here. So are you right. is not even like be myself? Like, I, I don't get it. So anyway, I just kind of was like, okay, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, at first and then it kind of like blew up from there and I went on this like little crusade of like how dare you say your way is the only way and I mean it just went off it did it was not my finest moment but I said what I thought and that was good because that was the first time I've ever said what I thought about my religion to my mother Um, and then after that it was cool it really was she was just like okay well I get it you believe differently and this has been your thing for like two decades so all right you know (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's cool without being super cool. But what's what's your mom think? What does my well? <laughs> when I first left the church, which was at age seventeen, my mother tried, I guess, everything she thought to to get me to go back, and I refused. She she started saying things that were just completely told uh, like against the doctrine that I had been raised in um, and essentially started making threats. But I didn't give a shit. Just like I'm not doing it. I'm not going back. They're lying to me. and I'm not going to stand for this. So I didn't go back. And, you, you know, my my big thing was. I think at age 16 or so, I took my first philosophy class. was the first time it was this, it was this heavy set, red headed, stuffy nosed, nasally like <laughs> white woman who was like, God is a woman. And I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, lady. And I had never heard the term goddess. I had never heard anyone say such a thing it was almost like this bitch is about to get us all struck by right now here but (laughs) that was my my first course and then there was oh no I'm getting them twisted that one that one was when I was like 17 because I went to college at 17 the first philosophy course was with this (laughs) this big loud scary white man who used to, like, he was scary on purpose. He would, like, scream at you and then laugh. And he had, like, this deep baritone, like, fucking smoker's voice. You you (laughs) understand what I'm saying? And he he walked around barefoot sometimes. 
and because I went to school with with the I was in the classes with a bunch of Jewish kids so he was just so fucking disrespectful and sacrilege and was always challenging the Jewish boys anyways so he got a fucking kick out of it It was I've never seen anything like I'm usually the only black girl in the class I'm like sitting in the corner watching them go back and forth um I think there was like one Latina (laughs) in there with me and I'm just like this is really fascinating all these these white guys and then some of them don't think they're white. And then some of them are more identified with whatever their religious heritage is. So I was experiencing this. But one thing that that, that teacher said was that you, you exist. And I know that probably doesn't sound like shit, but I had never had that thought, right? I exist. That did something to my brain, that thought. I exist. So it was just like a seed that germinated into all of these other thoughts. Like, well, where was I before? Right. So I got really philosophical. Where was I before this life? And where will I go after? And why would I cling to beliefs that make me feel like shit when I could choose beliefs that make me feel incredible and make life enchanted? So I just gained a little bit of autonomy outside of that. And then being in such a philosophical space, I thought if God, if if the God is this old white male and I am this young black female, if that's divinity and I'm essentially the direct opposite of it, then what the fuck does that make me? And studying psychology, that's what I studied in college, um, I got very clear about how these little thoughts, these images could create damage, psychological damage. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to cut some of that out, but yeah. So my mom, I, I don't think she's quite afraid that I'm going to hell, but I don't think she would choose this path for herself, even though she's obsessed with wishes, witches. And my grandma recently found out that I called myself a witch. And she's like, I'm going to go smoke some pot and pray for you. Like, so it's, I don't know. The women in my family are funny. <laughs> well, it's a good, it's a good sign though. You know, at least we live in a time where even though our like loved ones they might not totally be down with the idea they're also not so swept away with like their radical religious ideas that they're like stoning and burning us you know right thank god they're just stoning and burning down on some herb you know so there's there's that (laughs) exactly (laughs) like grandma totally relatable (laughs) but yeah i mean i wouldn't give a shit either way I, i think that's where the the whole topic of being confident in your craft comes in like you're not I think that it's difficult to be confident in something that you're doing because it's popular like where you haven't really put any thought into it you know Mm -hmm. or maybe you're doing it because your friends are doing it that could be that can make it really tough you know because what happens when your friends stop because some of your Christian friends or your friends who started out Christian will stop Mm -hmm. I've had friends who look at me now like we weren't slanging tarot cards together you know right that's interesting it's really interesting that is interesting so did you have that experience then you mentioned like starting out with some like christian besties who were like into the craft with you and then all of a sudden they stopped did you kind of get to a point where you felt like you were standing out in the clearing like by yourself 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think I am now. I don't really have any witchy friends in my personal life. My best friend was studying uh, Jewish mysticism, Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. Um, When I met her, she was very into like, (laughs) it's it's, now it's very, um, it's very cliche, right? So she was very into like Paolo Coelho writings, especially like Brita, the Witch of Portobello, the alchemist, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone, you know, well, all of our friends started there. Um, very into yoga, um, extremely nature-based, but she was raised seven, seven day Adventist. And she went through her Ayn Rand stage where she was like, is there even a God? Or is the universe just perfect because it would destroy itself if it wasn't, you know? So she went through that stage and then now she's, she's back to like her Ellen White (laughs) papers. And she's like, read this book with me, listen to this gospel song. And I'm like, listen, listen here, little girl, listen, I will read your little Ellen White book. If you read my fucking Sky Alexander, how about that? You know, so it's just, it is what it is. I don't really... I don't really spend a lot of time with people who who harbor the fear that I might burn in an eternal pit of fire. So I don't really know what the fuck people are doing, honestly. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I, 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 I'm trying to think so hard right now. Actually, I just thought of one. I was going to say, I don't know if I have any Christian friends, Um, but I do have one, but we like never, ever, ever talk religion. And because, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I can't just hang out with somebody who I feel like they're convinced I'm going to, like, burn in a pit forever. (laughs) (laughs) So the ones who get to themselves, if that's what they think of me, I really do appreciate that. But I've known this girl for, like, 25 years or something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My very, you know, my very best, like, first best friend she she has a very like deep trust of me and we're still really great friends to this day I've known her for 25 years so since I was five years old literally we we went to kindergarten together and I used to do her homework for her (laughs) but um she she will listen to anything I say she just the trust is perfect there right and then I have friends who come to me when they want prayer. And you know, another thing with my mom, I think that I've retained enough of like my Christian ideology, <laughs> you know, to to not completely frighten her. Yeah. Um, I don't suggest completely ridding oneself of whatever traditions and myths that they were raised with. Um, and it's mostly just because of a verse from Rumi, right? So he, he said, don't be contemptuous of old obediences, they help, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can teach me how to pray, how to praise, how to worship, how to remain disciplined enough to be still during a, a ritual right like these these little rituals that they have in the christian church like even communion if you can teach me these things how to turn my faith to the divine or to go into a different space in my mind where i'm not thinking about what happens outside of this space you know mm-hmm. then i can use this shit in my witchcraft and i do every day you know 
And I think that's so powerful and so admirable. I know for a lot of witches, especially once you were raised Christian and then like we leave that and we find the craft, like there, there's a huge like repellence and like a shedding off of like all things that are even remotely close to that. I know for a lot of log witches. Um, and I've actually, I was definitely like that too. Like I honestly like wanted nothing to do with anything that seemed remotely like prayer until I realized that every single time I meditated and set intentions to the universe, I was literally praying, maybe not to a deity, but the universe. So I've come a lot more to peace with it. You know, I'm not going to scoff at any, anybody, but especially not at Christians now, because it's like, I get what they're doing. And even though I might not agree with the the names and the places and the faces, like the, mm-hmm. the principles are still so powerful. So I can, yeah. yeah. I can appreciate that too. I think that it would, it's probably easier when people are not trying to completely separate themselves from whatever their upbringing was. Psychologically, that might be a very difficult task anyway. Um, But (laughs) I think that there are also a lot of things we were raised with that are just not psychologically safe for us. So knowing what to keep and what to discard, like if there's an African uh, proverb, eat the fish, spit out the bones. And there are a lot of proverbs that mean exactly this, like take what you can use and discard everything else, you know, and I think that that has been extremely helpful for me because I went through my um, no Jesus phase don't do it don't come around here with that shit I don't don't play yourself I was not reading no bibles I went through that phase um but with hoodoo there's a lot of reference for the bibles and even now like in my card readings those that lore is what I'm most familiar with So I can, and the people I read for, that's what they're most familiar with. So I'm able to draw on some of those parables and some of those stories um, now, you know? And even I tell people too, like my, like I I think I said last time, I didn't go through a Wiccan stage. Did I say that to you? Yeah, you did. You did, you told me that. So I didn't go through a Wiccan stage. I actually started with the Bible and it was when I was somewhere between ages 12 and 14. And I, I often forget like how old I was when certain things happened. But I was between age 12 and 14. And something woke me up out of my sleep, told me to grab my Bible and to go read it in the middle of the night. And I went out, sat on the stairs, turned on the light and started reading the book of Genesis. And that is how I started to hear my intuition. That's that's how I started to hear the voice because as I was reading it, there were these things that I was noticing. Like I had never noticed that there was this this triune being, right? It's not just a singular thing. It's it's in us. It's mm-hmm. a we, you know, it's a, a, a trinity. Um, and then that, that thought, you know, I, what the voice was like saying to me is that you are three in nature. Like this being is three in nature. You are spirit. You have a soul. You dwell in a body. So it was like telling my little 13 year old brain this. And I started to draw these diagrams that years later, like when I was in college, I was reading a book and I saw the diagrams 
Oh, wow. Exactly as I had drawn them at like age 13. Uh-huh. I'm like now maybe 18 in a book, in a book. And it was like all of these things I was, I was learning from the voices. Like there's a library with every book ever written in all of the worlds. It told me that there are multiple worlds on individual planets in different dimensions and that we all um, co, um, co, uh, habitate, we, um, and cohabitate, cohabitate the, the same space, but because we're different vibrations, we don't run into each other, but there are some people who are sensitive enough to, to perceive <laughs> these other people in these different worlds. So all of these thoughts that I had never heard from mm-hmm. another person or had, had ever read in a book were like coming to my brain in my mind like that's what the things my intuition used to say you know you know one term I feel like a lot of people will use and I've never been fond of this term but to me I mean that sounds just just like this okay it's like a download you know you get like an download. that is seriously girl what that sounds like like the astral library or the Akashic records just like right plugged into you like you plugged into it that's amazing and I was like 17 Wow. When I heard that term, Akashic record, mm-hmm. and when I heard someone saying, I think it was a shaman who was saying it to me, I worked at a yoga studio from like age 15 to age 17. So that was exp- there was a native um, shaman who would come and do drum circles and healing work for, um, you know, these people who you know, my neighbors, essentially, <laughs> yoga uh, teachers, meditation circles, chakra dancing, crystals, cards, all these things were in that space. Um, and that was the time I like cut off all my hair. And I got into like Queen Afua and eating green and all of these different things. But when I heard him s- describe the Akashic Records, I screamed. Like, I kn- that's the I know that place. I had a vision of like this huge library and I could see people in there reading books I'm like what the what the fuck like I can really see I can see you know and nobody had ever said to me any of these things it just and I didn't have anyone around me who was like yeah girl me too Mm -hmm. so it was literally just like I know that I, I knew that I wasn't making it up because I know the difference between my voice and that other voice but it was just like, I was just led. And even working at that yoga studio, which is how I met my first witch and I started, she became a mentor and how I worked with that shaman and he taught me about energy healing and I started yoga and all of these things was because I was walking down the road and I couldn't, I couldn't walk past this building. And it was a little yellow building and I'm like, I have to go in. And I went in. And I talked to her for a few minutes and she hired me. <laughs> so, you know. So that kind of thing. That was really amazing. It sounds like you were really tapped in to your intuition too. I mean, that's kind of a lonely place too, especially at that young an age. Um, where you're getting all this information, you're, you know, you're walking past buildings and you're told, go no further. You need to go in there. Like, right. will, but then like the result you get from powering through that, like that affirmation that like, you're really on a path here 
and it's gaining results like would you say that's a big confidence booster for you yeah that I can hear this thing and it's that other people have heard it it took years to confirm but (laughs) I I think that I'm such a confident person because of my mom but knowing that that voice doesn't lie is and that it talks to other people (laughs) and it says some of the same thing to other people like enough for us to be drawing the same diagrams yeah is just like okay there's something here but I I feel like trust is I don't know if it's easy for a lot of people I think it's easy for me like when you you're seeing these signs is I don't pretend like I don't see them and right and that's what I was gonna say I think a lot of people get busy saying like no that couldn't be like they're they're not trusting themselves they're not trusting what they sensed or knew yeah Yeah, and I don't do that I've never really I've never really been distrusting of myself you know I I just I didn't I don't know how to fix that though if if people are having a hard time I think that trust is a big topic though you know like that's a huge topic trusting yourself trusting the universe trusting the process trust like it's going to work out it might be some of my Sagittarian optimism and that was Leo sun or not Leo sun Leo moon moon Mm -hmm. I think it's that Sagittarius and that Leo together but yeah it wants these things to be real right I've always wanted magic and like these creatures like fairies and (laughs) and, like gnomes and toys that come alive when you walk out of the room like I've always wanted these things to be real you know and I I think that I I don't know what my life would be without magic without folklore and stories in fantasy just even like the books and the movies and the music and the expression and people playing fucking dress up for like those comic con things like I don't know what the world would be like without these people who are willing to believe you know I think that's what it is for me Hey, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that, this is so enlightening to me. So what do you think has been the biggest, like, what are the biggest contributing factors to your confidence in your craft? I, hmm. well, there's so many things I could, like, think of. Honestly, I would say for me, like the number one, and this might sound like really cliche, but it's just like experience, honestly, because, you know, you're talking about for you, it it took years sometimes to have those like affirmations of like this thing that I knew back then is really real and it's a thing and it exists, you know, Um, and it's kind of the same way for me because I've been doing my craft for so long. And yes, there have been times in the past and even sometimes now where certain types of magic, I'm just like, 
is anything happening? You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is this real? But I also am at a point now, especially where I'm like, okay, just wait it out. Give it time. When you least expect it, you're going to get your answer, your result or whatever it is. So I think really just understanding that if we're so focused on achieving that affirmation that we are looking for, we're going to miss it anyway. You know, it's not going to happen when we want it to, and it's not going to look the way we want it to. So I think magic practice, a big part of that, you know, you hear a lot of like spell work and practitioners say like, do your work and let it go. Just like, let it go. Don't focus on it. And that I think is something that really actually helps give me confidence because you have to, you have to let it go so that whatever it develops into can come back to you as it's meant to. So, yeah. I agree with that completely. You that's, have to. Yeah. To me, like, that's why I love um, candle magic. I love doing burns because it's like, after I like this, I'm probably about to go to work. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm about to go do something. And I walk past it and I, I'm reading the glass as it goes. I notice it's burning. I feel gratitude for it. I might stop and say a little prayer. But I just, it's not the primary focus. I never do the thing where it's like, it's not working. Why is it not working? Da, 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 da. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's like planting a seed and then like panicking. <laughs> yeah. It's like growing. It's like, first of all, dude, calm down. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that like kind of um, cultivating calm and poise with the work help. And I think this is something that I know maybe a lot of like younger people might have issues with because patience is not generally and typically a hallmark. Um, <laughs> I know it wasn't for me up until a short while ago, <laughs> but I think it's especially, um, you know, I've just been kind of like meditating on this lately. But I think mothers, you know, whether you are a magical practitioner or not, at the time of like going through the process of becoming a mother, like you have a great understanding of exactly what kind of confidence and trust and patience it takes to like do magic in the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're, you're waiting on something to develop. You don't even know what this thing is going to be. You know, what kind of spell is it? Is it gonna, the child? Is it going to be a boy or a girl? Like anything, whether it's magic or a kid, it's like, there's always this wonder. And then it's like, is it going to backfire on me? You know, like, is this spell going to cause me to lose my house and my car? Or is this child I'm growing to hate me and like, you know, do something awful to me one day. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just all these things that you just have to trust the process. And in the meantime, you realize like, you just have to quiet yourself. You have to quiet your mind and you have to be disciplined to do that. Um, so I think us women and especially, excuse me one second, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I talk all day for a living. So my voice is like gone by the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I just, I think um, as women, we have a special predisposition towards magic, not to say guys don't either, but you know, I mean, we can be mothers. those of us who are mothers or who have become, or um, the ones who, you know, have kids, like they get it. They know the patient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw motherhood change my sister's personality. It really it changed her personality. She she has become so steady and so relaxed. Mm. It's incredible. 
to me. It's like she aged, not aged like in a bad way, but like aged in an amazing way, you know, like in her wisdom, 10 years, no less than 10 years. And it happened when she became pregnant. It was just like not selfish anymore, not so worried just more confidence about her ability to handle herself. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was like she became an older version of herself, you know? Right. Yeah. It was amazing. That's probably too, like when I, when I think about that, you know, I think about the archetypical, you were talking about the triunal beings, like the maiden, the mother, the crone. Yeah. Um, I think like that, and it sounds so simple, you know, like on paper or in pop culture and books and movies, especially for like those of us who aren't mothers or who've never experienced motherhood. It just sounds like, okay, sure. I mean, I get it, whatever you, you're a mom, you're frazzled. So you got to like learn to be patient. It just kind of like changes your outlook. And you might from the outside think that there's like this, this great stress about it or like it's something that doesn't come natural but that's what's so powerful about that kind of magic and that kind of like moving into a new part of that like triad that is ourselves is that it does come naturally and it's beautiful when it happens like you just see people like blossom and then there'll be those moments where it's like oh my god I'm so sorry for you you know (laughs) same just having like these beautiful moments and it's amazing to witness though it was I mean it's it's stunning because I've known her for a long 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 time (laughs) I've seen the silliness and the you know and the selfishness (laughs) and all of the things we go through is humans you know I've seen those things I've seen all the worry and the fear and oh my god you know the panic and there was there's been none of that right it's like so she's become so steady so steady thing with my sister my sister is younger than me so I've literally been aware of her for her entire life and I saw that transformation so I know exactly what you mean just like watching someone you know so well (laughs) yeah like wow yeah (laughs) she's a different version of herself or she's some a part of her is now online or now active activated you know and it was amazing like I was I was there during the childbirth and I kept waiting for her to start roaring like a lion you know like when is she gonna start yelling and screaming and she didn't ever she didn't I mean, the steadiness was through her bones. It was, this is an actress. She literally does drama for a living. And she just held herself. And it was like, what the, who is this person? (laughs) The person who can't stop squealing if a fucking Mariah Carey song comes on the radio. What (laughs) is going on? Like, where's my sister? Whose mother is this? You know, she just was like, it's, it's stunning. It's stunning. And I think that's trust too, you know, trusting your magic, trusting your body to do what it, it's supposed to do, mm. you know, trusting that you can handle it. Mm. And I absolutely agree that women have 
We have a little extra something. I'm convinced, especially when it comes to spirituality and magic. Yeah. And to any guys who listen to your podcast, I don't know if you know of any, but um, I don't. <laughs> I'm, putting <it> there. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. My husband and I, we have these conversations a lot and he's actually like, he is a wonderful teacher and he actually is the one who taught me to have so much respect for myself for women and for what women are capable of, which is amazing because he's like this really big burly man who like is an engineer and does construction and like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So (laughs) telling me was so special because he said that, you know, and, and a lot of people are aware of this, but I think we've fallen away from understanding where the roles of a male and the roles of a female are very different, are very separate. And that is to be respected, but it's also very equal. You know, so women, we do um, in the in the pre-Christian world, we are the ones who are the spiritual leaders. And I think it's this motherhood transformation, like even as young girls having to like get our periods and go through all that, you know, just all the changes we have to go through and still maintain ourselves. We've got that predisposition to be a spiritual leader. But on the flip side, you know, we can get shit done Um, on the flip side. Men, they can be spiritual leaders. They can do that. But their forte is getting shit done. Like they have like earth magic. Like here and now, this is the fire. We're getting it going. We're building things. We're getting it done. And so I, I think that both sides have a very powerful form of magic. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I know a lot of people probably agree. And maybe some people don't, but that's what I think. I agree. We love you, men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All three of you. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there are any men who listen. I'm, I'm sure maybe there are. Fun I get surprised sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask them. Are there any men listening to us right now? Make a comment on our Instagram <laughs> so we can know. I get surprised every once in a while. I get a m- message from a man, mm. and I'm like, "What? What are you doing? <laughs> who let you in here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know sometimes um, men will like reach out to me for like spell work or I don't know, things that I don't expect, especially in the heathen community. You know, the heathen community actually is very uh, masculinely dominated right now, just in the ideals and the appearance of like Odinism and like the the deities that are mainly revered. Um, So I always get surprised when like men contact me and ask me about like a particular like heathen philosophy or magic or something of that nature. I'm like, whoa, hi. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I wish more. Well, I don't know about it. I've, I've heard, I've heard people say you should date someone who is also magically inclined. And I've heard people say you shouldn't (laughs) because you don't want him to know what he's doing or what you're doing. (laughs) So I don't know. But my boyfriend's Rasta and he's very like, he kind of giggles to himself a lot because he, when he, when I'm explaining things to him, he's like, babe, this is psychology. This is not, this is nothing different than what, Emperor Haile Selassie I says, you know, and I'm just like, because we, we just, you know, we dress it up differently. A lot of, mm. you know, things are pretty basic to humanity, yeah. um, but we just express it differently and we connect to the experience of it differently, you know, but he appreciate he appreciates, like he set up a little um, ancestor altar with my altar for his dad recently. So I was like, whoa yeah. <laughs> you know? so cool 
So. Yeah, I, I just like literally on the the full eclipse, blood moon, wolf moon, super powerful moon, whatever that we just had. <laughs> that was the first time ever, okay, in like nine years of being together that me and my man did a spell together. Wow. Yeah, he is very magical. He has a practice, but we are so very separate. We keep our magic like we keep our money, like apart, separate. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I know what you mean. It's just like you get kind of like giggly inside, like, ooh, <laughs> like what else? <laughs> right. Like, and I made him his own oil. I put it in like this skull, this glass skull bottle that I bought for him because he gets headaches. So I'm like, here's a little head work for you. Here's your own oil because he's always stealing the oils. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't use magnetism. You can't. It's for the women. Like, <laughs> I don't want people flirting with you. <laughs> and he'll still try and steal some. So I made him his own. And he like came and he said, I, I need to put this on the altar. I can't, I'm not going to put it out here. I'm going to put it on the altar. I'm like, mm -hmm. I love him. <laughs> yes. I love him. <laughs> but anyways, so I hope that people feel empowered. I, like, I hope that we triggered some thoughts or help boost some confidence with this little chat. I am probably going to be continuing with my holders challenge because I have got to get my inner hippie awake mm -hmm. so she can take care of me. <laughs> I need her. I really, really do. Luckily, even though I've been slacking, I've had some things going on. I know I've talked to you already. The rest of the community yeah. when it's time to know what the big plans are, but I am starting to write some more articles tonight on the wholeness challenge um so one for movement for just kind of like releasing emotion then we got another one which is confidence for um discarding false image or your false yeah. um so those are two good ones that i really actually i enjoy those topics but we've got a lot more coming up that i'm getting ready to write so in case you're like where you been with them challenge articles girl haven't <laughs> 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 i'm getting ready to write another one right now actually I love it. Thank you so much for all you do. But I'm Thank glad. you so much. I'm glad that, you know, you're excited about it. And I, I can't wait to see. I know, you, like you said at the beginning here, you've got a lot of stuff you're working on that is very private and very internal. Um, but I can't wait to see, like, the parts that you, you do want to share. Like, that's what I'm excited yeah. about. It's been really... Whew. It's been emotional. It's mostly about relationship stuff and letting go of things that are not supportive of me or, you know, or lending themselves mm. to, you know, where I'm trying to go. I've become very serious about who is allowed to get close to me. And I also have done something different and I'm not having a whole big ass conversation with anybody about this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm I'm cutting and going, you know? So I've been doing that. Also, my man has been taking care of me on my vegan meals and, like, feeding me lots and lots of pho, because I love pho. And <laughs> he's just been keeping me in really uh, clean foods, got me drinking tea every day. So he's been helping me out in that regard, for sure, because... I would probably just be eating something out of a brown paper bag every day if it was not for him. 
That's really good. That's nice. I wish my man helped me when it came to food. <laughs> I'm the food mama here. I take care of all the food for everyone's. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I hope that we can chat again soon. I'm going to go and <laughs> stitch this thing up. And for everybody who wants to join the challenge, please check out our Instagram pages. You can find all of the information in the little blurb about this uh, podcast below. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. And we'll catch you on the gram. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.